Right, this morning we are, as, as Paul already said, preaching on, uh, well, we're, we're doing the I Am series through, uh, through the summer, and we did bread last week, we're doing light this week. So if you have a Bible, can you head in the direction of uh, Gospel of John and chapter 8? Can you turn me down a bit, James? I'm a bit, I feel like I'm a bit boomy, a bit loud. Um, now, one of the things we, um, we, we, we felt as a, as a, as a church, as, a, as an eldership here, just the responsibility that we have as, as leaders to be raising up sons and daughters among us, um, not that we're going anywhere uh, or, or anything like that or, or, or getting old, well, we are all getting old, but not getting too old, um, but really just the responsibility and then the belief that among us there will be uh, men and women among us who, even though we're small, who will go out to be part of church plants, uh, mission projects, and so on, and therefore, while, while you are here, we want to input into you, we want to see your gifts, you grow in your gifting and your relationship with Jesus and your gifting and your character, and also release into opportunities as well. And I touched on this when, we preached, uh, when I preached on Romans 16 a few weeks ago, because through the New Testament, not just in Romans 16, but through the New Testament, you do see, uh, you know, churches multiplying, and, uh, and we're not, in case you, you're thinking something I'm saying or something like we're not about to multiply or split or anything like that. But uh, it, what we see is, is church growth as well through the New Testament. And therefore, for churches to grow, you need to see gifting grow and multiplied and so on. And so really, that's what we want to see. Uh, we want to see, see men and women, sons and daughters released into their gifting. And some of that will be uh, behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of that has happened since day dot. We started here almost 10 years ago. Uh, some of it will be Musically, some of it will be in aspects of leadership, some might be just in the prophetic or uh, words of knowledge or encouragement, so more sort of behind the scenes stuff, but some of it might be in preaching and teaching as well. And so whilst uh, us as elders will continue to do the majority of preaching and teaching on a Sunday, we also want to see opportunities for others to come through, explore their gifting, um, and that's something we're doing quite a bit over August and we'll do now and again through into autumn. So, with that in mind, can you invite Joe to come and join me this morning? <laughs> Joe, uh, many will know Joe. I'll let him introduce himself, uh, just because I'm sure he's far too, too humble to say all of this. Uh, he leads the, the worship teams here, um, and together with Johnny, has written a lot of the songs, not this morning's songs, but... No, um, but yeah, anyway, but a lot of uh, a lot of the worship songs that we uh, that we do. But anyway, I'll let Joe, Joe introduce himself, and then we're going to yeah. preach a bit together. I did say when we preached Romans 16, we're doing things a little bit different with some joint preaching, and so we'll see how it works. Okay, we'll make some mistakes, I'm sure, but none of it will be fatal. Um, but it, we'll have some fun. Okay, Joe. Great. Does this microphone work? I've never had to use one of these before, so it's a new thing. And uh, yeah, as Steve said, this is, you know, we're, we're trying a new thing out, and this is my first go at preaching. Keep your heckling down, please, um, for that. But yeah, my, my name is Joe. We, I, I've been in Norwich since 2012. I came up here for, to, to study at the UEA. I did history with kind of no plan for the future, just kind of carry on studying, killed three years of my life to, uh, you know, hopefully find out what I'm doing. I still don't know, but I'm still in Norwich. And uh, yeah, so I was part of City Centre uh, as a student in my first year. Uh, I came to City West when it first started, so that was in my second year. Um, and then uh, did ID for a year after uni with you guys here. 
Um, and then met Claire, and she took me back to city center for a little while. We were over there for a bit. And then we saw the light again, and we've, we've come back. Uh, kind of just coming out of COVID times uh, for a few reasons, you guys meeting up. And we've got uh, young families. So we've got two little kids, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And just really love the community here and the family feel that we get. And on the worship songs, not that we're here to talk about that, but just what I remember, um, you've actually been doing some work on that together with Johnny, right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we have. I mean, there's quite a few songs that we've been doing here that are ours. So if you don't recognize a song, chances are one of us has written it. Um, But we, actually it wasn't me, like someone was like, where can I get hold of these songs online? Um, And uh, yeah, so ended up that, that this is kind of, uh, moved into us recording like six songs. So I've done two, Johnny's done two, and a guy from City Centre called Ben has done another two. And we've been with a guy called Jimmy in Lowestoft, who's part of our family of churches. Um, and yeah, we've recorded six songs, and they are currently getting mastered this week and should be available in the next couple of months. So yeah, I never thought we'd do that, but it's very exciting. And before you finish recording the six, there's another. We've got loads more. Loads so, more. Yeah, we so we'll see to, what happens. We need to get on it. So Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yes, you're in John 8 already, hopefully. So uh, let's turn there. I, uh, I did think, I do a lot of talking when I lead worship. I thought about bringing a guitar to just hold, to make me feel more comfortable, but I, I didn't. So I hope you'll be all right. Uh, we are, our passage is John 8, uh, verse 12. Uh, and it says, uh, this is the ESV version, by the way. Uh, It says in the ESV, again, Jesus spoke to them, and the them here, introduced a little bit further up, is just the people that have gathered around him at the temple, uh, listening to Jesus. Uh, So Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's our passage. We'll keep kind of coming back and connecting up to that throughout. Um, But I thought we could start where you left off, Steve. Uh, and talking about food, because you were talking about the bread of life last week. So we'll talk about food. Um, it's been a little while for me and Claire since we've been out on a date together uh, to eat. We've got the two little kids at home. It's not, it's not a clap, no, unfortunately. Well, we do occasionally have meals at home together and kind of try and make the living room look, look nice. Um, I did hear about a restaurant in London the other day that you guys might have heard of. It's called Don Le Noir, which Julia in French is in the black, in the dark. So yeah, yeah, needed, needed some help with, with the French. Um, but yeah, so probably you can guess by that name, in the dark, you go, you order your food, it comes, and then you're just left in pitch, pitch black. And I was just looking at the website, I mean the photos are amazing, just uh, to start with. Uh, but apparently by removing one of your senses, by removing your sense of sight, it's meant to heighten your other senses. So therefore the food smells and tastes better. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if we'll get to go or want to go, but uh, we could try it at home, I suppose. Um, but I was just imagining, like, even in, you know, in that pitch black space, even just like a little romantic candle, like, they're probably going to come and snub that out because it will ruin the ambience, or a single phone screen in the room is going to completely change that environment, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, a bit, a bit like when you're at the cinema and then they kind of all those adverts to like yeah. turn your phone off because yeah. uh, apart from the screen in front, everything's black and quiet and it just wants your attention and like a screen or a phone just kind of 
sets it off. And it's the same at, at home, you know, with two little ones as well. And you're desperate as a parent to try and black out the room. And you notice the, slight, the slightest kind of bit of light because it just breaks through that, that darkness. So, mm. um, yeah, you're right. Light's a, it's a powerful, a powerful thing. Yeah. I thought I had a good quote to sum this up and make me look smarter than I am. I thought, oh, it's a great Anne Frank quote that I had somewhere in the back of my mind. I looked it up, it's not by Anne Frank. So it's someone, I don't know who, but it's a, it's a good one. So whoever it is should, should come and claim it. Uh, so yeah, not Anne Frank says, uh, look at how a single candle can both defy and define the dark. So you can know darkness by seeing the light. And also, as we said, if you're in a pitch black room, and someone comes in even with a small candle, it's going to completely change uh, the environment that you're in. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about light this morning, and we're going to hopefully unpick what Jesus is saying when he claims to be the light of the world, and that those who follow him won't walk in darkness. Um, so when I read a Bible verse, or like to study a Bible verse, um, I really want to know how that one verse fits into the whole thing, um, and it fits into the grand narrative of, of what God wants to say to us, what the Spirit wants to say to us through this book. And uh, a few of us actually just finished the Bible in the year. So Tim, uh, me, Tim, Claire, all did it at the same time. We finished in August. And that was really helpful because you get to read every verse, even the ones that you potentially want to avoid sometimes, or the ones that you just, you're scratching your head about, you don't know what they mean. And uh, I think if we love to have like our favorite verses up on the fridge, or around the house, and that's great. But I think if we're not careful, sometimes we'll pick and choose, and we'll just kind of pick our favorite verses and kind of build our theology around some nice comforting verses. And I think it's really important that we're tackling with some of the challenging ones, some of the difficult ones, and also just seeing like how this whole book works together. Um, and the great thing about light, I found out, is it's on page one. Um, I mean, in verse 2 of Genesis 1, it's talking about the darkness already. And then from verse 3, it says this. It says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Um, so yeah, right from the very beginning, we've got this theme of light uh, in, the, in the book. And just a couple of things I wanted to mention about that. One is Jesus is often referred to as the Word. And in here, verse 3, it says, God said. The first words that God speaks just so happen to be, let there be light. And I just thought that was quite cool, that just even in page 1, you've got this light and the Word kind of combined together. Um, and also we read in verse 4 that the light was good. So there's something good about the light. You see the darkness and the chaos in verse 1, and then God kind of comes to clear it up and brighten it up, um, which is, yeah, is, is great. And then it doesn't stop there, because actually you turn to, not quite the last page, because I've got a little index at the back, but if you turn to the last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation 22, verse 5, it mentions the light on the last page as well, which I just thought was really quite interesting. It says this, it's talking about heaven, it's talking about our future hope in Jesus, and it says about him that uh, a night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp of the sun, uh, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And so you've got start, you've got finish, and you've got our passage, which is at the start of the New Testament, 
is at the climax of this whole book, talking about Jesus, and he claims to be the light. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop there. I don't have time to open all the verses about light, because they just keep propping up as I was looking into it. So Isaiah, Joel, Obadiah, Amos, Zechariah, Malachi, they all have something to say about the light or the day of the Lord. Um, and this light just kind of flows through the whole thing. So all of that is just to say that light seems to be important, and light seems to be flowing through this whole book. And so we're just kind of picking out a little bit of, of this today. We've probably only touched the surface of it. Um, but in good, hopefully, preach etiquette, I've got three points for us, and they are alliterated points. And it didn't take too long to make it work. So uh, our three points today that we're going to dig into are, one, light is against darkness. Two, light is associated with truth. And three, light is the aim of the church. So I managed to get three A's in there. Um, so against darkness, associated with truth and the aim of the church. Um, so we'll start with, with just talking a little bit about what it means that light is against the darkness. Um, so I didn't actually say in my introduction what I do as a job now, um, but I work with student houses. So I manage student properties. We have to look after them for landlords. And this time of year is the busy season where we've got a couple of days from the old group moving out to turn the house around, make it look brand new again for the new group moving in. Um, and some houses are, are harder than others to do that. So we had a few this week that were, that were tricky. But one of the perks about the busy season is students that are leaving the house, they quite often just leave a bunch of stuff, and they're just like, yeah, we're throwing this out. And occasionally we'll find something useful for the house. I'm hoping not to turn into a hoarder that brings home every lamp. Uh, but I saw something the other day uh, that I was like, I know someone at home is going to like this. Um, and it was just a small little glow-in-the-dark unicorn. And we've got someone in our house who is deep in the unicorn phase. Uh, it's not Claire, it's not me. Uh, it's, it's Amy, our three-year-old. She just absolutely loves everything unicorn at the moment. So I took this home for her. And so I got home and uh, took it out of my pocket. And I got to show her how glow-in-the-dark works. So say so you've got to charge it up in the light. You've got to put it, pop it on a windowsill, let it charge up. And then we had to build a cave out of all of our cushions and blankets to try and make a nice little dark space to then pop the unicorn in um, and let it glow. Um, and so it was just a really good kind of illustration of how light glows in the darkness. Um, and we see that in Genesis 1 in the passage that we've just read. It illuminates the dark um, and yeah, brings things yeah, into the light. Um, I've got another quote in here to try and make me look smart. I thought if I could keep the quotes... Hi, you know, I'll quote smart pe smarter people than myself. Uh, but Martin Luther King Jr. says this. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Uh, only love can do that. So you need light to drive out the darkness. Um, and John seems to pick up on this earlier in his gospel as well. Uh, so in the first uh, chapter, he seems to mirror the Genesis story that we see in Genesis 1. Um, and he talks uh, about the light. He said, the light shines in the darkness. Um, and in the ESV, it says, the darkness has not overcome it. In the King James Version, it says, the darkness did not comprehend it. It doesn't even understand the light. So either way we look at it, whether it's not overcome of it, whether it's not understand it, we see that these two things, darkness and light, are mutually exclusive to one another. 
So where the light shines, darkness has to flee. So you can't have light shining and darkness to remain. A little bit like we were mentioning with the, with the cinema or with that restaurant, if you light even a single candle, the darkness is going to flee and you're going to be in the light. Um, so yeah, going back to our passage, uh, we're, we're talking about the light of Christ. Um, and he says, we will not walk in darkness when we walk in the light. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 also says something similar. Uh, he says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Uh, for anything that becomes visible is light. So that's, yeah, that's our first point. So taking this concept of, of light and darkness, Jesus has said that I am the light. So what about, when we say about darkness, what do we... What do we mean by that? And when I say that, I mean, like, when we think of our lives, okay, day to day, you know, we, okay, we, we, we say Jesus says he's the light, but what, what would that darkness, what do, we, what do you mean by that, by that darkness? Put kind of legs on that yeah. for us. Yeah, so I, I, I thought of at least three kinds of darkness that I've experienced, uh, either physical darkness or just kind of metaphorical darkness. I'm sure there are more. One is just like a blindness. If you're, if you're blind to something and can't see it and you're unaware of it, until someone shines a light on it, you're going you're to know none the wiser. So maybe like something in our, in our, in our lives, in our hearts, that we just, just didn't realize yeah, was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, even just the, the, our, our fallenness, our brokenness yeah. about ourselves, we just might not realize that. Yeah. We see it with our children as well. If they just don't know something, they haven't learned it yet. And you come along and you teach them how a glow-in-the-dark unicorn works, for example. And it's like they had no idea about anything to do with that, but you come in and you kind of take them out. out so of so when, when Jesus says he's the light, he comes and shows us that, that darkness, that blackness in our, in our, in our heart, in our lives, yeah, yeah. and exposes it, yeah. brings it into the light. And I think there, there's lots of things where we had no power to yep. get out of that darkness ourselves. We're just blind. Um, another one is just fear. I was thinking of like being in the middle of a woods in the middle of the night, I would be pretty terrified of that. I heard about a TV show called Alone the other day. They just kind of dump a bunch of people in Alaska or Canada or somewhere and just leave them to it. And uh, yeah, they've got some basic survival kit, but that would be pretty terrifying to just be in the dark alone um, and just, yeah, somewhere you don't know. And there's that kind of fear element to darkness as well, I think is another point. Um, and then a third, a third one, I think, is... Uh, I was thinking uh, of a, a song I quite like. It's by a guy called Bebo Norman. He's like a, yeah, he's a country singer from America, uh, a Christian guy. And he's got this one song that occasionally just pops into my head when things get busy and things, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rushed off my feet. And the first line says, on a day like this, I want to crawl beneath a rock, a million miles from the world, the noise, the commotion that never seems to stop. And I think sometimes darkness for us is kind of has this false comfort element around it. It's like getting your duvet over your head and just hiding away from the rest of the world. And I think I, I'm definitely guilty of that sometimes. So I'll hide away from, from things rather than facing the light. You know, you hide in the darkness and it's kind of a false comfort. Okay, so there's, there's comfort in the, in the darkness. So when, when we're talking about Jesus and so... Maybe when we first come to Jesus, there's that new birth. He gives us a new heart. The darkness has to, has to flee. Jesus says he's the light. So the light comes into our lives, comes into our heart. What then happens when, you know, Jesus says those who walk in the light cannot walk in darkness in this, in this verse. So is it a sense of, well, unfortunately, even though once we're, once we're saved and accepted Jesus and received Jesus, 
received his light, unfortunately, we, we still make mistakes. We still get it wrong. So uh, what happens there? The, the, light, the light's gone. Mm. Uh, the light goes. The darkness comes in. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that's the experience of everybody. Like, I've been a Christian for a long time, but still, like you say, find myself in dark situations sometimes. And I think my, my reading of this, anyway, is that Christ doesn't lead us into sin. He won't lead us into sin. So if we find ourselves in darkness... I think that's, that's on us. You know, it's, it's us making silly mistakes. It's us being childlike in the way that we uh, live or we just don't fully understand Jesus' grace for us. I think uh, Jesus can lead us into valleys, which is a different thing, because in that, his light goes with us. But he won't lead us into sin and darkness, but we will, as fallen humans, sometimes fall into those things. Um, and I think I've got a, an alarm clock at home that I got for Christmas, and it's a sunrise alarm clock. So over like the course of half an hour, it slowly brightens the room, and it's meant to be a nice, gentle wake-up to the day. It works great if you don't get screaming children before that. But uh, yes, it's like a really nice, gentle light. It's like, you know, meant to emulate the sunrise. I think sometimes Jesus works a bit like that for some things. I've definitely found that. We'll kind of gently come in and illuminate certain points in my life, and he'll do it gently. And other times, he just kind of turns on the spotlight, and you're like, okay, right, you want to highlight that point in my life, and you want to just do it in a, in a one hit, you know, spotlight. And... and because it's Jesus calling himself, I'm the light, that, that means he's, he's powerful enough, his light is powerful enough to find us in whatever situation we, we find ourselves, Absolutely. right? And what, I mean, just, just let's pause there for, for a moment and reflect on that, that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what we've come through, no matter what we've come from, his light is powerful enough to reach you and me in that moment, in that situation. Whatever mess we've gotten ourselves into or found ourselves in, his light is strong enough and powerful enough to find you, to find me, to rescue us, despite the darkness that we find ourselves in. Yeah, there's a brilliant verse in Colossians 3, verse 3, where it says your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I kind of see it as, even though we wander in darkness, and we might make mistakes even though we know Jesus, I, ultimately we're hidden in his light. So in that kind of justification sense of the word, when God sees us, when God looks at us, when it comes to the final day of judgment, we're in Christ's light. We're hidden in his light. Um, but. And why is it, do you think, even though maybe as we're followers of Jesus, we sometimes find ourselves back in, back in, in, in darkness? You mentioned about silly mistakes and things like that. Mm. Is it that something is just a pit, that, that idea of false light that you mentioned, yeah. uh, false comfort, that you, something sparkles and it looks good yeah. and we go after it? But actually, it's a, it's a false light. Yeah. yeah, I think there are a lot of ways that we can find ourselves back in darkness. I think, for me, that's definitely one that I've experienced. Like a false comfort, like darkness kind of masquerading as light, like, like fool's gold or something. So it's glittering, it's kind of offering, it seems to offer you something, but actually you get there and it's, it's worthless. And I think for us, in the, in, in the, it, particularly in the West, that's something we need to be so aware of that we can get swept up and chasing after things that those around us in family or work or, or neighbours or whatever would chase after. You know, career, money, uh, success, all these things can, can glitter, can sparkle, and yet actually it's not, it's not the true light. Yeah. We can end up in, in darkness. And I, yeah, I think sometimes we, yeah, by not walking in the light, it might at least temporarily make our lives feel easier. I think that's the other thing you get if you read the whole Bible, 
if you're expecting your life as a Christian to be easy, you maybe haven't read all the passages in here, because Jesus says stuff like, take up your cross and follow me, and there is going to be a sacrifice element to this. And so, yeah, I think the darkness kind of offers you that false comfort sometimes that we just want to fall back into. Um, But yeah, I think it's a good time to step into point number two as well. So it's light is associated with truth. And it seems to be linked, not just in this passage, but elsewhere. So our passage that we were reading from is John 8, 12. If you've got it open in front of you, um, you'll see that in 14, Jesus says, my testimony is true. And in John uh, 8, 16, he says, my judgment is true. Um, And then there is a potential fridge quote. It might be one of those quotes you've got on your fridge or somewhere, uh, where it says... uh, you will know the truth. This is in verse 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm sure lots of us have heard that one. Got it on a, I don't know, T-shirt, post, a postcard, uh, up on the fridge. It's a great quote. Um, but there definitely seems to be a link with the light and a link with the truth. Um, and I think the truth sets us free by illuminating the darkness around us, it illuminates the sins and the lies that are keeping us from God. So sometimes the ones that we're kind of just veering into, sometimes the ones we might be uh, in already. Um, But elsewhere in John uh, 3, uh, 20, 21, he seems to be really honing into this um, because Jesus says again, uh, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed but whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Um, I, don't, I didn't ask you if we can set homework here, but I'm not going to set homework. But I would really suggest reading the short book of 1 John. Uh, it's towards the back of your Bible. It's written by the same author, and it's, it's only short. But read it this week if you've got some time and just see how many times he mentions light and truth in that short book, because it seems to be just something that he's really, really key on. Um, We've got another good quote for you as well by another smart person. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So Jesus is the light in that he is the brightest thing that we see, but also he illuminates the other things around us and we are able to see things in his light and able to see the things around us, uh, like the potential pitfalls we might walk into or the things in the sin in our life that we might already be in. Um, And also light seems to be linked to fire a lot through the Bible, which I think is understandable. They were kind of living in a time before Thomas Edison, before he could just flick a light switch and kind of have eternal day. Um, They actually had to light fires to get some light. Uh, And in Malachi, uh, which is right at the end of the Old Testament, we get this mention of a refiner's fire. Uh, And he says, uh, talking about the day of the Lord, day of the Messiah coming, uh, he says, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He's like a refiner's fire, and he's like a fuller's soap. And I had to look up what a fuller is. Uh, Does anybody know? because I had to look it up. Uh, apparently, it's someone who cleans and whitens cloths and linen, and often it involved quite a lot of kind of aggressive beating or kind of treading, and there was some kind of real aggression had to go in there to clean the, clean the fabric, um, and it uses a strong soap 
to clear out all the dirt and to make something white again and clean again. So there's this kind of image here that Christ in his light, kind of in this fire image, uh, or in this soap image, he comes to refine us to make us look more like him. And so we've seen in, in your first point about how powerful the light is, how it can, can reach us, and then we come to how it can, how it can change us, how it can refine us. Yeah. So how does, that, how does that work? How does his light change us? Yeah, yeah. I think that the first thing to say seems really simple, and it's maybe harder to do than it is, uh, maybe harder to, to do than it is to say, but we obviously need to keep our eyes fixed on the true light. We need to let Jesus guide us and lead us into truth, and not those you know, sparkly things that are kind of masquerading as false light. We need to follow Christ. Um, I think part of that is a bit like that soap analogy. You need to soak in the soap. Uh, and we need to soak in his word to actually find out what Christ looks like, to find out what the truth really is. Um, and so we need to wrestle with this book, um, spend lots of time with him. I think continual prayer in as much as we can is a really important thing. Um, I think there's a few elements to that. So I have tried, I, I don't always, I've tried to basically have like, I've got like a set Hebrew prayer um, because I, I love the Old Testament. I watch The Chosen. I don't know. Um, but I've got like a set Hebrew prayer that I try to just say in the morning, first thing, as a just kind of a set thing before my brain has even kind of started to function to just help me. And I think set prayers like the Lord's Prayer, you know, Our Father, um, they're helpful sometimes to just have set prayers. We don't want to get into a religion where we're just kind of going through the motions because God wants us to have a relationship with him as well. And we can just open a dialogue and open a conversation. But sometimes I find just something when my brain isn't working, just a set prayer. I think the other thing as well that I'm trying to do more of is just praying in tongues. You know, if your brain can't connect, but you're just like, I just want to connect with God, just try praying in tongues and let the Spirit uh, intercede for you, as it says. Um, I think the other point is just standing up for the truth and wanting to stand up for the truth, I think, is the other thing as well. Because we can fall into those places where we want the false comfort, we want to hide under the duvet, we want to stick our head in the sand like an ostrich and just kind of let the world pass us by to be people who are continually growing in wanting to know the truth because Jesus says the truth will set us free. Um, so I think that that's really important. And I think the other thing I was just thinking of as well is just being grateful and just having a real sense of gratitude in Christ will keep us in the light. Um, so another fridge quote that you guys might have, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6, it says, uh, Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I think there's a real sense of our gratitude, of our worship, of our praise, uh, that will keep us in the light as well. That's good. That's great. Yeah, third point. We are already on to the last point, so it's, it's good. Um, and, and that is that the light is the aim of the church. Uh, so in the Sermon on the Mount, um, particularly in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus says that those following him are the light, on the light of the world, like a city set on the hill. Um, so by extension, that means all of us in here that follow Christ, we're the light of the world. And so how can we be the light of the world if Jesus says he's the light of the world? How does that work? And I want to take us back to page one, because I'm just, you know, I love Genesis 1. And, and there, I think, 
In Genesis 1:27, we get a glimpse of the answer of what this is. So, uh, it says, so God created man, that's all of mankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And just every time I read that passage, I'm blown away by what that really means. That we are created to look a bit like God. We're created in the image of God to be like him. And therefore, I think, to shine and glow as lights in the world. Um, But I think occasionally, so by page two or three, we've already messed up as humanity. The fall comes, sin enters the world. And if you take the analogy of like a mirror, so we're meant to be like a mirror reflecting Christ's love, reflecting God's love into the world. Um, But through sin, through our, uh, yeah, just mistakes that we've made, we get a bit rusty or we get a bit dirty, and suddenly, if you've ever seen a mirror that's covered in muck, it doesn't reflect the light as well. Um, or like that glow-in-the-dark unicorn that I was talking about, if you leave that in the dark for too long, and it doesn't get time to charge up, it's not going to glow when you go and put it in the darkness. And I think, so we were always created to be the image of God, to reflect and shine into the darkness, but occasionally it doesn't work like that. Um, but the good news is, We've got to fit the gospel into a preach. The gospel is that Jesus is the light. He's the true light. He goes from page one to the end of the book. He goes from alpha and omega, beginning and end. He's the everlasting light. Uh, Another passage in Colossians says he is the image, the real true image of the invisible God, the one that isn't tarnished or stained. Uh, He's without blemish. And he is the light that cannot be overcome by the darkness. He went into death and sin, and took it all on uh, for us, um, and came out in glorious light. It can't be put out. Um, And that is the light that says, whoever follows me, whoever follows him, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So that's the beauty of the gospel. You know, it's not anything to do about our image and trying to scrub ourselves up. His light comes, his refining fire comes, his full as soap comes to clean us up, and through his blood... There is, we are able to shine again as lights in the darkness, which is what we were always meant to do. Um, He he cleans up the mirror so we can reflect him. Um, As we spend time with him, we we charge up our glow-in-the-dark element so that when we go into the darkness, uh, we're going to be shining as as bright lights. Um, So yeah, we've we've tasted last week the bread of of life, and and this week we're seeing an element of Jesus as, as the light of life. And he wants to know you and me. He wants this, 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 this Christ without, without defects, without blemish, wants to know you. Died for you. Died for you and for me. That's how much he, that's how much he loves you. That no matter, I say, where you've come from, no matter what situation you've walked through, walking through, his light is able to reach you, powerful enough to reach you, powerful enough to change you. And even though we walk through darkness and valleys and difficult situations... He's, he can be with us. We can know his presence with us in, in those moments. His Holy Spirit in us, changing us, like the refiner's fire Joe mentioned. His Holy Spirit alive in us, helping us, strengthening us, changing us. And then in, in light of all of that, in light of what he's done for us, we're then called to go and shine. Shine to a, a world of darkness. Would you pray for us, Joe? And perhaps uh, Ed and Julia and uh, Stuart, you could um, come back and we'll respond in worship. Yeah, uh, Jesus, we, we can't thank you enough. We can't praise you enough. 
We can't worship you enough for how good you are. We thank you that you are the eternal light that cannot be put out. You've been burning for eternity and you will burn for eternity um, as this light. And we just thank you for this truth um, that in your blood, in your sacrifice on the cross, we can walk into the light and we no longer have to walk into darkness. Um, I pray that you'd help us in the areas that we struggle in. I pray that you'd help us when we find ourselves just drifting into the darkness. I pray that we would always know that your light is bright enough to shine into those places. Um, in Psalm 119, it says your light is a lamp to our feet. We've been singing about it this morning already. Uh, Lord, would your light be a lamp unto our feet? And uh, yeah, I think sometimes we wish that your light illuminated more than our feet, and that you showed us everything. You showed us the next 10 years laid out. But Lord, let us have great faith in you that as we walk where you lead us, your light will be a guide to our feet. And even if we go through valleys or dark places, that you will be with us. And uh, yeah, Lord, I just pray for us as the church, as your hands and your feet on the earth now, called to be the light, that you just help us fulfill uh, the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, I pray that even this morning, um, in this time just sharing together and in our time worshipping, would we know a little bit more about your light? Would we, in spending a bit more time with you, be able to glow a bit brighter in the darkness? And would you just send us and be with us as we go and reach a world that truly needs your light? There are still dark places, and you send us to be your light. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, go with us in that, we pray. Uh, we need your light. Amen. Amen. Should we stand? Maybe you, can, you guys can start uh, playing when you're ready. Great. Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> I feel Joe shared a lot there, and we're, we're close on time. But I feel like what the Lord wants to put his finger on this morning is just that there was that illustration of the, the unicorn, right, just kind of, you know, needs to, be, needs to be brought into the light to recharge. And I just think for us this morning, there's some of us who really feel a little bit, you've been out of the light for a while, and I think just want to come into the light. And what does that look like? That looks like coming to him, approaching the throne of grace this morning and receiving. He's here by his spirit, his presence is here among us. And as the band play behind me, I just want to encourage you to just reach your hands out and I'm going to pray for us just to receive a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit this morning, a fresh charging up as it were, as, as Joe was saying, of by his Spirit this morning. We have to walk in a, a world of darkness, you know, we, when we go out of here into work and, 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 and things of the week, we end up walking in a world of darkness that doesn't yet know Jesus. And yet we can do it with, with his, his the presence, so we can carry the presence of Jesus with us into those situations. We can know the strength, the guidance, the direction, the promise of the Holy Spirit with us in those moments. And so I just want to, I want to, that's what I want that this morning. I think of all, all the things on my radar this week, all the stuff I've got coming up this week, I think, oh Lord, I don't want to do it in my own strength. I want to do it with you, with me, helping me, changing me, alive in me. So I encourage you, just lift your hands and I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you died on the cross, that you rose again to life and that you sent us your spirit. Well, you get to send us your spirit to change us, to equip us, to strengthen us, 
that we might shine. I pray for those just feeling lost in darkness, lost, confused, in difficult places. I pray just for, we say, come Holy Spirit right now. We invite you, come Holy Spirit right now. Come illuminate. Come energize. We say, come now, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.